0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.
1: This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Dynamic Pet Pet Duo.
0: Well, greetings, pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Dr. Fleck, how about that Super Bowl? Did you expect the outcome?
2: It was one of the greatest games that has been played. Either team could have won, so I could have expected it to go either way. Fast-moving,
0: and you know what? Great commercials. Did you have any favorites? No. Well, of course... I love two canine themed commercials. So my first pick was really a slice of life of the star from the 2020 blockbuster Top Gun, Maverick, with Miles Teller. Well, in this Bud Light spot, we learn how everyone can pass time when you're dealing with customer service. So it seems as if Teller's wife is put on hold from a customer service representative, and to pass the time, he grabs two Bud Lights from the fridge and starts dancing to the waiting music to really entertain her. And soon after, the dancing becomes really, It's a family affair with teller his wife and the couple's french bulldog bugsy who by the way steals the show and the commercial is just really reflective of a slice of life it's just the silly things that we do with our two-legged and four-legged family members but you know i had a top pick it was from the farmer's (laughs) dog now this commercial it just tugged at my heart and so many people's hearts who watch the Super Bowl the 62nd spot really it chronicles the life of a girl named Ava with her dog whose name is Bear and the ad starts out with the young girl promising her puppy I mean I can imagine myself doing the same thing I
2: remember this ad too I will
0: always take care of you and as the ad moves on we see Ava passed through childhood, college, and on to having a child of her own. Well, at the end, we see Ava laying in bed with her snoozing family, her baby, her husband, and her dog. And the dog now, it's a Labrador, and it's got you know white on the face because it's older. It's, it's cuddling up. Ava and Bear lock eyes, and then she sings him this forever song. From there, it cuts to a montage of the dog's memories of their life together, where in the beginning it started with her montage of her life. And then we hear it says, nothing matters more than years together. It's displayed on the screen before the information for the farmer's dog. And I don't know if you remember this, but in 2016 we had one of the owners of the farmer's dog here. So it's really about the time they just were getting started. Brett Poldowski. You captures know, your heart. It, it, Like I said, it captures your heart, um, that nothing matters than the years together is like I said, is displayed before you see the farmer's dog's information. Isn't that true? Isn't and, that what you want with and your how dog? How much of
2: that can we identify with? So much, everybody. I mean, nothing
0: matters more than our years together, the
2: different stages of life, right? With our pets. Exactly, it's exactly.
0: It's perfect. So, you know, all in all, other than tugging our hearts, the purpose of the spot is to show that bear. He was portrayed by five different dogs, by the way. I don't know about Eva, probably three or four people, but it's the foresight that Ava's family cared enough to feed him a healthier food, the farmer's dog, Mm -hmm. as opposed to ultra processed kibble. The commercial was so successful that according to USA Today, the commercial was the strongest Super Bowl ad among viewers, earning a 6.56 out of 10 in the publication's ad meter now in its 35th year. So, so, um, you know, I couldn't figure out why Rihanna wasn't dancing so much. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah, but that's beside the point. Okay, so now give us a rundown of the show.
2: Today we are talking about good pet neighbors, dogs jumping from cars, dental care and innovations with world-renowned veterinary dentist, Dr. Jan Bellows, and dogs
0: ingesting marijuana on the streets and... Why don't you introduce the first guest, Charlotte? Sure. February is National Black Dog and Cat Awareness Month. Black Cat and Dog Syndrome was established in the early 2000s by the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, better known as the ASPCA, to understand why black dogs and cats were not getting as adopted as fast as compared with their lighter color shelter mates. Our next guest is going to enlighten us about this topic.
2: And joining us to discuss this topic is author and photographer, Joan Walker. Joan has authored more than 28 dog and dog training books. She is the writer of hundreds of dog-centric magazine articles, as well as an internationally award-winning pet photographer. Joan, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you for joining us today.
3: Well, thank you. A pleasure to be here, Dr. Fleck and Charlotte. Yeah. So, Joan, what is black dog and black cat syndrome? And can you discuss some
0: of the studies that support this syndrome?
3: The black dog syndrome and black, to some extent, black cat, is the theory that if uh, a dog or cat is coated as a black coated breed um, or mix, that they will kind of languish in the shelters and be overlooked and have a greater risk of being euthanized as opposed to their white coated, gold coated. Grindle, Party, et cetera, others. And so the, the studies, they're back in, I think, it kind of started in 1998. The a study came out from the American Veterinary Medical Association. And since then, it's kind of been, there's been several other studies um, trying to either prove or disprove. Um, and, and so the most recent one we had was in 2021, which did show that there is still a coat color bias that uh, people are preferring the lighter colored uh, coats. There was one specifically on cats in 2015 that was looking at how many times people would click on the black cats as opposed to other cats. And it was significantly lower that people were not clicking on the black cats. You know, it's
0: interesting because a lot of the chatter about black cat and black dog awareness really has to do with theories and opinions and then some studies at local shelters around the country they want to prove if this is true correct joan
3: that is correct and and interestingly because black as a color can also be seen as a luxury uh, I, if we look at our advertising, you know, the, our luxury cars are featured in black, and they're sleek and they're beautiful. And interestingly, I thought that some of the studies that, for example, came out of New York City, found no black-coded breed bias. Um, but that might make sense for that area. It seems to be kind of geographical. Uh, exactly. Exactly.
2: You had a question, Doctor Fleck? Yeah. Just a comment too. Empirically, in my practice, I don't think I see lighter. Uh, coated pets more than what I see the darker coated. It's just, Mm -hmm. just an empirical observation. But let me ask the next question here. What do you think is the subconscious reasons for black dog, black cat aversion?
3: Well, you know, I think there are three. The first is that the color black, it is on a positive, it's linked with luxury items and power and elegance. But there are also there was a global study done on color and globally black is seen as being associated with sadness, fear, anger, guilt, you know, so that is very interesting that we could be potentially putting that color and our subconsciously what we think of that color, projecting that onto animals. In mythology and folklore, black dogs have always been, unfortunately, associated with death, danger, bad omens, the afterworld. I mean, even think of cats. What, what do we think of if a black cat crosses us?
0: Bad luck. The other thing right. is, you know, when you think about what Joan just said, you think of Harry Potter, you think of the Grim, right? And the other um, Fluffy, the three-headed dog, who was right. a guard or attack dog. When you see movies, you always think of like Doberman Pinchers, even though they do have a little tan on their face in some cases, as guard dogs or, or Rottweilers. Rottweilers being mm-hmm. aggressive. I can't remove movie uh, remember which of oh, the omen the omen they were rottweilers who were attacking and killing people we don't see a white german shepherd doing it do we no we really don't <laughs> even when we see cats we think of halloween we think of witches
3: right right and yeah and those so those are the three big ones that that you know i, I found with the color black and the black coated
0: well if you just joined us we're talking with author joan walker about black dog and black cat uh syndrome and this is Black dog and black cat awareness month. Uh, you had a question, yeah, Dr. Fletcher. Following
2: up with uh, that my previous question is about the subconscious reasons why maybe black dogs and cats, can you talk about the the conscious reasons that black dogs and cats they they, they linger in the shelters for so long?
3: Sure. Uh, one of the reasons is it's just hard to see them. A lot of these shelters are just not lit as well. And if, if a dog is a little bit overwhelmed with the shelter, he or she may be in the back corner. And if they're curled up and they're already black and they're not looking at you, um, it, it's just easy to overlook them. Like, and the cats, you know, when the cats are back in their, their little kennels or if they're up on the trees, it, it's much easier to see um, a party color, a white colored cat, as opposed to the black cat who might just kind of it, it look just, like a black blob. Right, right. And so you don't get a a sense of their character and their personality and that kind of thing if you just can't see them. And there's chaos usually in the shelters anyway. So it's an easy thing to accidentally do. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think a lot of those shelters are dimly lit, not only because, you know, I think a a big of the reasons is to keep it like lower lit to keep the dogs calmer. Then you also have the volume of the cage, because a lot of those animals are kind of like they hang back. You know, sometimes as they're just getting used to life at at the shelter, because, I mean, there's other people there and there's lots of activity going on. So they kind of clinch back just if they're nervous or scared. So, I mean, I would think fur color would have to do with it, you know, especially here in Florida. But okay, (laughs) we need to take a commercial break and come back with Joan discussing National Black Dog and Cat Awareness Month. Also, up next, Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts. thank you for joining us on the pet buzz the show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo i'm petrondologist charlotte reed and i'm veterinarian dr michael fleck well we're back with author and photographer joan walker discussing black dog and black cat syndrome joan what are shelters doing to help a lot of these black pets these black cats and black dogs get adopted
3: yeah so in areas where this seems to be an issue you will see a lot of times they will do adopt-a-thons. There'll be a special um, rate or, or, or a zero adoption fee or someone will be sponsoring these Black dogs and they'll be featured and, and they'll ask media, TV, radio stations will feature these dogs to help them get, uh, get placed. So Joan, tell us what you have done to
0: help Black pets get adopted because I think this well, is fascinating.
3: So I, I was working with a uh, a rescue group um, in the Southern Outer Banks, and at there and we talked about too geographically there. Sometimes it's really easy to place the black dogs, but sometimes it's a real issue. We had six, seven black pities, girls, and no one was looking at them. They were just getting passed over and passed over, and so finally said well let's try something a little different let's show because we have a rescued pity and I know how goofy they are and she's a girl so these pities said let's put them in a flower collar and a tutu and so we photographed the first one was Velma and she had a beautiful teal and white flower collar in her teal tutu and immediately the images instead of being clicked on maybe a hundred times because it's a small area that part of the southern outer banks where we were. It was thousands of people and it was going viral and it kept spreading farther and farther and farther into North Carolina until a little girl, 10, 11, spotted it. She lived in the Raleigh area and said, mama, we got to go see this dog. I love her. And so they drove three and a half hours to go see Velma and Velma was adopted the next day and they all went. And so when we just started putting, every time we had those, all those black bitties, flower collars, tutus. And it would go viral and they'd be adopted out. So that's great.
0: Dr. Fleck, you had a question. So
2: what can our listeners do to help black dogs and black cats find
3: forever homes? Well, one of the ways, if you own a black cat or a black dog, make sure to highlight just how awesome they are, how friendly they are, what an amazing dog they are. And you can use the hashtag Black Dog Syndrome Awareness. Black pet syndrome awareness in, in your social media posts. The other thing is if you know someone who's going to adopt, make sure that they kind of know that, that these Black animals, that coded breeds tend and cats tend to stay in the shelters a little bit longer and that maybe just don't overlook them, you know. and And if you're a photographer out there or have some skills, Offer to help because that's one of the best ways for the shelters to get beautiful photos of these black pets is with literally better light, you know, put them in a better light Um, and a professional can probably do that.
2: And just a quick empirical observation. I think that the black coated uh, cats and dogs seem to have softer fur to me as a veterinarian so you know they might take that into consideration too (laughs) maybe those pet owners bathe their pets
0: more than some of your other pet owners i don't know but they all i don't know i have a you know uh i have a a black and tan he's primarily black english toy spaniel and he was a gorgeous show dog gorgeous. He had long flowing hair. It's only recently that I cut his coat down, but he's a fantastic dog. I've always liked black Labradors and other, even, and you have to check out some of the photos on Joan's um, website because they are fantastic. That brings up. That's right too.
2: So Joan, thank you so much for joining us today. Please give us your website so we can view all your work.
3: Okay. It's uh just www.jhwpawtography.com. Just to
0: remind you, that was Joan Walker, author of 28 dog training books, as well as a writer of dog-centric articles on a variety of topics. She was here discussing black dog and black cat awareness, as well as the syndrome that really relates to people's conscious and subconscious aversion to these dogs she is an award-winning international photographer who has helped these lovely black pets get adopted i encourage you to view her work the photos are gorgeous and like you said the coats are glistening Mm -hmm. it's fantastic you know we've got to have her back dr fleck yes please do don't you love the celebrities let's talk about their dogs and celebrity pet buzz well, love my girl, country music star Carrie Underwood. While on tour, she adopted a new poochie girl from North Carolina's Positive Impact NC Dog Rescue, a foster based rescue organization, and introduced her new dog on Instagram as Charlotte Charlie Neela Fisher, the newest member of her family. Charlotte will join Penny and Zero, as well as her human members of the family, her two boys and her husband. Uh, Charlotte, you're such a lucky girl. And Carrie, thanks for saving a life. I like to think of it as Carrie named her dog after After me. After you, yes. Mm -hmm. It's that time. It's Doc's time. It's time for Flex
4: Facts.
1: Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the facts, ma'am.
4: You want answers? I want the truth.
0: So, Dr. Fleck, what's the topic for the day? Some things I've seen in the practice I think people would like to know about. It's that time when people start transitioning
2: out of winter and into the spring. spring. And so they forget, because it's wintertime, that they may not be using tick and flea products as regularly as they should. And because of that, the saliva of the flea and the tick, don't forget, can cause allergies, so I'm seeing a good number of skin issues, which I wouldn't see if they were using it regularly. And don't forget those fleas and ticks can also pass on diseases to people.
0: Yeah, and who wants an infestation in your home, right? Icky, icky. So I think it's always a good idea Would you agree to use flea and tick products, but also to treat the areas at your home where your pet hangs out. And
2: remember when we went to New York and it was like below zero, Mm -hmm. and two days later (laughs) it was 40 degrees? Sure. So that means the fleas and ticks... They came out two days later. People don't think they do, but they do, even in the northern states. And as
0: the snow starts to melt, the ground starts to get soft.
2: So consequently, people, especially down in the south here already, are starting to care for their yard, for the spring care. And when they do that, there's a lot of chemical that are put on the lawn. And don't forget, we take our dogs and we walk in the neighborhoods. They walk on the street, they walk on the sidewalk, and in people's grounds, on the grass. And so I've been seeing a good number of GI tract problems, stomach, intestine, vomiting,
0: diarrhea. And it's because they're licking their paws. Yeah. They're licking their paws and sticking their nose in that. And also it's a time when a lot of people are stocking up on products in garden centers. I've dedicated next weekend to cleaning out my sheds so i have to make sure when i clean out my sheds and look and see what i have and what i don't have i put those outside on a table but when i do that the dogs are inside the house because i don't want them to sniff or lick any material on the ground and the last thing i
2: probably want to mention and just to mention is that yearly vaccines or regular vaccines are very important for the pet And don't forget about Lyme disease, particularly in the north. We're expecting a big problem in Vermont and in Pennsylvania and
0: Wisconsin and Michigan. You know, and I think the other thing that you probably are seeing in your practice, because there's so many people making vet appointments and so few veterinarians and a lot of practices, you need to make your appointment now for that spring checkup. Because if you wait another six weeks, you might not get one until the end of April or May. Correct. And,
2: And You know what else I'm finding? What else? Many veterinarians aren't taking new patients right now. Really? They they have a problem with the time that they're dealing with their own patients and staffing. There are some hospitals that aren't even open on the weekends. You're absolutely right. Give a call now. Make sure that you can get to the veterinarian in a timely fashion.
0: Great. I'm glad that we brought that up. Absolutely. And anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex fact for today. Great reporting, Dr. Fleck. Great conversation.
1: Does your pet have dry, flaky and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue.
0: Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet,
1: for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz
0: welcome back you're listening to the pet buzz the best in pet talk radio where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people i'm petronologist charlotte Reed, and i'm veterinarian dr michael fleck let's kick off this segment with our pet buzz mailbag
3: you've got mail
2: Well, Leslie from Chicago writes that this is the second time that her dog, a standard Poodle Polly, has ingested the remains of a marijuana joint from the street. She is beside herself because the veterinary costs are extremely expensive. She writes, what can she do? Charlotte, I need your advice.
0: Well, Leslie, thanks for writing. I feel your pain. You know, veterinary care is very expensive, especially when your problem is treated as an emergency. Right, Dr. Fleck? Absolutely. You know, many pet owners experiencing this problem, especially in cities where you have recreational marijuana that's legal okay so you have a few options to deal with the problem firstly your dog can wear a soft-sided muzzle she might not like it but it can be a preventative measure you won't like it because folks on the street might avoid you because they might think that your dog's aggressive okay secondly you can work on the leave it command which will require practice 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 with lots of treats well when she leaves it she will need to be rewarded immediately But if that's the route that you decide to take, you will need to recognize that we will will need to give her a little less food per meal to compensate for her increased calorie intake of treats now if you feel you're having a hard time getting the leave it down because first you got to start in the house with some toys and other things and then work your way on the outside hire a trainer to learn the proper technique as well as the timing and thirdly you might have to have your dog wear a halty a halty is a training advice in which the premise is that the control is taken over by you from the head. Where the head goes, the body goes, okay? So thus, you're limiting her ability to scarf up the remnant of joints of marijuana joints or other debris thrown on the street. Well, I hope my advice helps you out, Leslie and Polly. So keep us informed as to what your choice is and how you decide to proceed. Good luck, I know you're going to need it. Yeah, difficult, but great advice, Charlotte. But
2: you know what? Our next guest is on the phone. And joining us today is Dr. Jan Bellows, one of our dream team members, who is not only a veterinarian with 40 years plus of experience, but also a board certified dog and cat specialist, and one of the less than 200 dental specialists in the country. He is a past president of the American Veterinary Dental College and the past president of the American Veterinary Dental Forum. He practices at All Pets Dental in Weston, Florida. Dr. Bellows, thank you for returning to the Pet Buzz today.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be with you guys.
0: You know, I'm going to start with your first question. Dr. Bellows, um, before we get started with some really interesting innovations, let's review some of the basics. Why is it important to brush our pet's teeth on a regular basis? And what's the best tools to have in your dental pet toolkit?
4: All right. so why it's important is because plaque builds up every single day actually within 12 hours from a professional teeth cleaning just like on our teeth you go to your your regular dentist they clean your teeth they polish it you put your tongue over your teeth they're so smooth but unless you brush your teeth at night it's going to be grody the next morning and you can imagine how it would be if you didn't brush your teeth for a week or two or six months or a year your teeth would fall out. And that's what's happening with our animals because they don't brush their pet's teeth. Now, that being said, it's easy for me to say, brush your pet's teeth, but it is very difficult for people to pull it off because they don't know what to do with a toothbrush after. Do they put it next to their toothbrush in the bathroom? Do they put it in that drawer in the kitchen that has all but some messy stuff in it? So they just don't know how to get that all done. So on my own dog, what I do is, um I use a dental wipe and that we use once a day. And after we use a dental wipe, then I give her two treats that are flack, uh Reducing. Yeah, they, they decrease they the VOHC approved. And that is our plan. And because of it, you know, she still has all her teeth. She's nine and a half years old now, and uh, she's in, in great shape.
0: And just a sidebar, VOC is the Veterinary
4: Oral Council, correct? Yes, it's the Veterinary Oral Health Council. You can log on to VOHC.org. They have about 40 dog products, about 15 or 20 cat products that have all been accepted by the VOHC. It's very similar to on Colgate, you'll see an ADA seal. It shows that at least those products have been tested to a certain degree and they know it decreases the accumulation of plaque. Well, that's excellent information. Yeah, they're
0: vet approved. You had a
2: question, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, let's talk about cats a little bit. What are the three most common dental diseases in cats? And can any of these be indications of maybe a larger feline
4: health problem? The three most common problems in cats' oral cavities are tooth resorption, tooth resorption, and tooth resorption. And it's a big problem because we still, at this time, don't know what causes it. They're not really cavities, but they are holes in the teeth that start from the inside and come to the outside, exposing the nerves. Half of all adult cats will have at least one tooth resorption. And there's only one treatment for it is extraction and it's painful. It's a major problem. Now, that being said, cats also, because they don't brush their own teeth, they get plaque and tartar. And for that, we recommend taking a Q-tip dipped in tuna water that is rubbed against the gum line every day. Cat owners are very, very much into their uh, cats, and if they could just rub the Q-tip along the gum line every day, they'll decrease the plaque. The tuna water ha- does nothing medically, but it the cats like it, so it's
0: palatable, I- and it's really yeah. about the scrubbing action. Then. Yeah, so that the exactly. t- the tongue will lick the tuna water. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Uh,
4: the, the the cat will say, "Oh, this is fun. It tastes like tuna fish."
0: Yeah. It's the palatable experience of it all. Right. Okay. So if you've just joined us, we're talking with world-renowned veterinary dentist, Dr. Jan Bellows. Uh, You had another question, Dr. Fleck. Uh, What do you want pet owners to know
2: about anesthesia used for dental procedures?
4: Uh, Excellent question. There is a whole bunch of, of animals, dogs and cats, that are having their teeth cleaned without anesthesia. It's called uh, anesthesia-free cleaning or non-anesthetic uh, dentals. And unfortunately, even though they can take away the plaque and tartar from the tooth itself, and they do a, a nice job of that, they don't get below the gum line. So they don't get where the disease is. And dogs and cats, uh, the 60% of the tooth is below the gum line, and that's where the disease is. And because, without anesthesia, you can't probe. You can't figure out which teeth have the tooth resorptions in it. You can't take dental x-rays, so anesthesia is really important.
2: Yeah, I've got something to add to that too, Doc. I think that when they're elderly and they're not under anesthesia, the anxiety is tremendous. That may even put pressure on their whole cardiovascular system and uh, may be very dangerous.
4: Right, and you brought up a very good point about the cardiovascular system. Animals that don't have their teeth addressed the bacteria underneath the gum line actually uh, go to the kidneys and to the heart and to the brain and the liver and really will cause an earlier demise and certainly a painful one because the teeth and the gums are inflamed. So it's so important for people to link with their veterinarian, figure out a good plan for prevention. You know, in our practice, it's prevention first. So we don't have to, you know, if you have a Maltese or a miniature Schnauzer or a Yorkshire Terrier or a pug or any of the other pushing face dogs, you don't have to start taking out teeth at three or four years old if you can address the plaque and tartar every day.
0: Well, I think that goes to the issue that most dogs suffer from dental disease by the time they're three, and cats suffer from dental disease by the time they're four. Well, let's move on, because we're almost heading to a commercial break. Well, in the last decade, people of all ages have been getting braces, Dr. (laughs) Jan. From what we understand, dogs can get braces too. Talk to us about why a dog would get braces, and if they're similar to human braces, and are they just as expensive?
4: So dogs get braces, or orthodontic care, to move teeth into functional positions. Unfortunately, a lot of them are born with teeth that are rotated, that are rubbing against the gum line abnormally and making holes in the upper palate. So a tooth can be moved by cementing a bracket on a tooth and with an elastic pulling it back or sometimes a fixed retainer device to move the teeth. It is not to give them a pretty smile. Like in people, people want their teeth straightened so they have a pretty smile and they're easier to look at. In animals, it's to give them a functional bite. Uh, As far as expenses, expenses vary depending on what's necessary.
0: Right. The breed, the mouth, all that, all the stuff that's
4: inside there. What we don't do them is on show dogs. You know, sometimes uh, show dog breeders present that to say, oh, because the tooth is out of place, we want it moved to put it in place so it could show better. But that is a genetic problem. And the veterinarians don't do that.
0: Well, we're headed to commercial break and we'll be back with veterinary dentist, Dr. Jan Bellows, also in our next segment, Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good.
1: You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm Bill Bookout, President and Chairman of the Board at the National Animal Supplement Council, and you're listening
2: to The Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck, here at the Pet Buzz. We
0: are urban. Suburban. And and country. Well, we're back with world-renowned veterinary dentist, Dr. Jan Bellows, discussing interesting veterinary procedures for dogs and cats, Dr. Fleck, you have a question.
2: Kind of a follow-up on the last question that was asked about braces, but, We understand that dogs can get crowns and caps. Why would a veterinary dentist recommend crowns or caps
4: for pet owners? All right. So the crowns and caps only are appropriate if the tooth fractures. And this is a major go home point that I want all your listeners to understand. Get rid of the antlers that you're feeding your pet because that will fracture the teeth, especially the important ones in the back that are used to cut food into little pieces. Get rid of your nylon toys, get rid of bones. Dogs do not need to chew on bones, they break teeth. So if the teeth are broken, and depending on how soon you get to the veterinarian after the tooth is broken, oftentimes a root canal needs to be done on the tooth to save it or extract it because the root is exposed. If the root canal is done and the tooth is restored, oftentimes a metallic crown is placed on that to give it even better protection. So that's where the crowns are used. It's not like veneers on people to give them straight and pretty white teeth.
0: Okay, so it's necessary. Yep. So, pet owners need to stick away from those bones. I knew about antlers, but I didn't realize the nylon bones because a lot oh, of yes. puppies get uh, people are pushing the nylon bones as well as trainers for that chewing action because puppies need to chew.
4: Yep, and they fracture their back teeth. What I, at uh, one time, asked clients that came in with fractured teeth to bring in all the toys that they give their animals in a pillow bag uh, when they come in for a follow-up visit. And there were so many uh, nylon toys and nylon type of bones that you buy at the pet stores. Now the same company that puts out nylon bones also puts out a product called Bone, which is excellent. It's nice and soft and it's fairly indestructible. Also to give a plug for Kong, the Kong toys are uh, generally safe also, the hard rubber toys.
0: Okay, great. Well, last question for you. Dental implants are used extensively in human medication to replace lost teeth. Do implants improve the quality of life for our dogs and cats?
4: Absolutely not. Uh, People ask me for implants uh, after, unfortunately, because people don't brush their pet's teeth or they don't wipe the pet's teeth, the uh, teeth have to be removed. And clients ask, can we put in an implant? The animal needs a very healthy mouth. They don't, they actually don't need their teeth to survive beautifully. On some animals that are, have diseases that are, the teeth are allergic to the rest of the body. We have to take out all the teeth. Those animals actually, dogs and cats uh, eat dry food after. So they just pick it up with their tongue and they put it on down. So they do not need implants.
2: Dr. Bellows, as usual, educational and very enjoyable. Thank you for stopping by. Could you give us your website?
4: Sure. AllPetsDental.com. Great.
0: Well, just to remind you, that was veterinary dental expert, Dr. Jan Bellows, discussing dental care and veterinary options for your pet. He's always welcome on the Pet Buzz. We love having him. Always welcome. (laughs) Get ready for my top pet picks with the I likey of the week.
1: It's the way it has to be cuz that's the way I like it. It's genius. It's the die for. I like it. Every
0: time my dogs wear fuzz Yard leashes and collars, we always get compliments. Not only are they attractive, but every collar features a sturdy die-cast attachment ring and thick cushion webbing for durability and a most comfortable fit. This spongy neoprene collar is lightweight, won't rub on your dog's fur, and is quick-drying. Complete the look by matching your dog's collar with its companion leader or walking harness. The company offers sizes small, medium, and large size collars. Hand wash the collars and leashes when they're dirty, and they will still look great. I buy my leashes and collars when available at TJ Maxx. But you can check them out on Amazon.com or FuzzYard.com. That's F U Z Z Y A R D.com. Let's move on with global pet news. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. Well, this happens far too much. I can't believe this video that I saw. A puppy. Leaped out of her owner's car onto one of the country's busiest highways and she survived. You got to see it to believe it. The video shows six month rescue pup Sophie jumping from Ryan Kramer's family vehicle onto a bustling 101 freeway near Los Angeles. Kramer said Sophie was in the front seat of his Tesla, nose out the window like any normal dog, but was gone in seconds. Not only did Sophie leap out of the window of the car traveling at the speed of freeway traffic, she also miraculously was able to dodge oncoming cars, including a tractor trailer. Now, I got to tell you, I saw the video. It's crazy. And I'm going to post it on our social media channels. You know, Kramer said Sophie suffered only a fractured hip, no internal bleeding, no other injuries, as the wind and the speed overwhelmed her as she was moving and blowing across the freeway. You know, this happens far too much, not only on the highway, but on local streets in this country. Pet owners, Dr. Flack and I, right? Yeah, absolutely. We want your dogs to stay safe. So please crate them in your vehicle or use pet transportation equipment like car harnesses. Confine dogs to back seats with windows cracked only a few inches to prevent accidents like these, as well as driver distraction from happening that can prevent further vehicular accidents. Accidents such as these can injure dogs, drivers, passengers, and other folks in cars. Let's wrap it up with something good. Jeepers and that's like... Your
1: attention please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with tell me something good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something
0: You're going to love this one since you know how much I love my neighbors. Well, a good neighbor, Calipola Bear on TikTok, please viewers after sharing a video of her going to a neighbor's house and picking up her dog because Calipola Bear knew that neighbor wouldn't be home until 3 a.m. In the video, the dog is so excited to see this North Carolina resident. He is shown wagging his tail uncontrollably and jumping all over her. He's so happy that she came to his rescue the dog named beaver had been alone for 12 hours and would be waiting until 3 a.m until his owner returned home well callie polar bear reassured users that beaver is loved and spoiled at his home as well as her house i'm glad she did that because you know there's so many haters on social media, but she assured everyone that Bear is well taken care of. She just let users know that his mama had an emergency and she wrote, all's good, I promise. I'm sure you know that finding a trusted neighbor to have such a great relationship is no easy task. According to Pew Research, the Pew Research Center, about 50% of Americans say they know only some of their neighbors. Only 26% say they know most of them. The older generation, those that are 65 and older, like your generation, Dr. Fleck, are more likely than those that are aged between 18 and 29 say they don't even know most of their neighbors. You know, this good neighbor policy really attracted animal lovers to watch this video, like I said, on TikTok from all over the platform. Believe it or not, this video of just this neighbor helping neighbor received eight hundred thirty four thousand views and one hundred four plus thousand likes so far. My favorite comments were, "You're the best neighbor." She's so lucky to have you as a neighbor, a person that cares. When things happen, it's always a relief to know someone is there to help when needed. Another user wrote, "My neighbor and I also have keys to each other's house, so we can help each other out in emergencies." like when it comes to lonely dogs. Great. Well, the bells are ringing, so we know it's a wrap. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about National Animal Justice Week and feline health, two holidays that are separated or pet awareness days that are separated in February. Dr. Fleck, can you be so kind as to thank our guests? Yeah,
2: some special thanks to our guest, Joan
0: Walker. And veterinarian, Dr. Jan Bellows. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin-coated ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write to us at team at
2: thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it next week's on the
0: show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels, as well as your favorite streaming channels, and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning.
2: Most importantly, remember though, we're here each week.
1: To help you take better care of your pet. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show and our guests. So I'm a
0: cat and I just moved in with this new human.